This is Putting Numbers to Work from MetLife, where complex data from the benefits landscape is distilled into lessons employers can immediately put into action. Now here's your host, Marcus Smallwood. Welcome to MetLife's podcast, Putting Numbers to Work, where experts take complex ideas from across the benefit research landscape and distill them into lessons employers can put into action. Hi, I'm Marcus Smallwood. HR professionals are inundated with new stories and emerging trends that help predict radical shifts in employee expectations and how organizations need to change to stay competitive. It's hard to know who to trust, what's hype, what's real, and what's going to have an impact. This show will give you the data, confidence, and practical advice you need to help stay competitive and build a stronger, more productive, and holistically healthy workforce. Today, I am pleased to be speaking with MetLife's Chief Human Resource Officer, Susan Paldegard, all about the role that diversity, equity, and inclusion plays in understanding ways to support the modern workforce and why high-impact programs deliver greater productivity, satisfaction, and loyalty to help transform your organization. Hi there, Susan. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, Marcus. It's such a treat. Well, I tell you, I am so excited to talk to you today and have a conversation with you. And I'm sure our listeners are leaning in close on this topic. So how about we just jump right in? Absolutely. Lovely. Great. So we released MetLife's 20th Annual Benefit Trend Study, and some of its findings tie into our topic today, especially when you correlate well-being to productivity. And the study shows how increased well-being leads to healthier, more loyal, and more productive employees, which is great. However, as the workforce grows more diverse and employees' expectations start to rise, it's becoming harder for employers to support holistic well-being for all their workers. So, Susan, I was thinking that we could kick things off by getting your perspective and maybe you could share a little bit about some of the new challenges organizations are facing when it comes to increased diversity in the workforce. Yeah, so thank you. It's a great, great question. I'm going to kind of twist it a little bit just because I am an optimist. So I will give you the challenges, but I'm actually going to actually say a few opportunities as well. So I think just in the challenges, Marcus, as you look at it, it's not one workforce anymore, right? So we have multiple workforces that we're working with. And so the expectations of whether you're in office, hybrid, remote, virtual, or even, you know, gig partner, those expectations are coming into the workforce. So we have to be more in tune to the needs and the expectations of that workforce. And what they're looking for is they are looking to their employers. They're looking to their employers to help them integrate work and life at a much better pace than they ever have before. And to do that, we have to really listen to the voice of the employee to a more greater extent than ever. They want to have a voice in shaping the work. They want to have a voice in shaping the workforce. They have new perceptions of what work is and how work should be done. So the challenge is, is that we have to be very comprehensive in meeting those needs and their expectations, whether it's on career, whether it's on purpose, whether it's on inclusion. All of those things are areas that we have to meet the needs. And so the opportunity, I actually see it twofold. One, it makes us better. Every time you're challenging yourself, it makes you better to up your game. 
And then the second thing is that as you look at the challenges that we're facing in the world, we have four generations in the workforce, very diverse workforce, right? And if you bring those minds together, perspectives together, insights together, we have the opportunity to be able to solve some of the most complex problems that the world has ever seen. I appreciate that. And, you know, I hadn't really even thought about that, but it makes sense that there's just different groups within your own organizations. And I, I mean, I think that we've had challenges throughout the years, but this is probably the most complex workforce in history, I, I would assume. So when you're thinking about organizations, how should they think differently when they're thinking about the holistic employee experience to better meet those diverse needs of those different groups? As you look at that, that's, I think, is the ultimate challenge, right? And I think that from an HR perspective, where how we've operated in the past sometimes is about programs, responses, this is the solution. That's how we've done it in the past. It's kind of been this, this vertical. And I think what we have to really do is twist the employee experience on its side and see everything in the ecosystem that it is part of. And all those components have to work together in order to define the employee experience that that employee is going to have. And that comes together, all those components come together to help those employees bring out their potential and live their best lives. And what the way we talk about it at MetLife is total value delivered. So it's not just what's your comp program, what's your benefit program. It is some of the things that, that we look at in our employee benefits trend study. For that, It's the purpose and it's the impact. It's inclusive cultures. It's learning and development. It's holistic well-being. And not one thing will meet the needs of all. It is actually the integration and the interplay of all those things coming together. And they evolve. And that's where we have to continue to up our game. Because as you look at the pandemic, what happened with the pandemic, it increased priorities on flexible workplaces, financial wellness, looking at inclusive workplaces. And as employers, we need to be alert to these needs, be alert to the outcomes that we're trying to get for the employees and make sure that we're putting those those programs, systems, and processes in place to meet those needs. Now, I love that. I love that. It's about the whole pie, right? One thing that I'll just share with you, Susan, is that I have two teenage daughters and I have a nine-year-old son. All three are, are unique in many ways. My wife and I are finding it extremely difficult to keep up with their expectations. I mean, I remember not too long ago, a $5 small teddy bear would make them so happy. But now we better go big if we want to get their attention, right? Employers, I think, face a similar challenge in keeping up with their employees, keeping them happy due to the employees' rising expectations. Today's employees expect employers to recognize the importance of their lives, both inside and outside of work, and to help support their holistic health. And our latest trend study that was just released uh, earlier this year, uncovered five key elements of employee experience that matter most to enhancing well-being and thus higher loyalty, satisfaction, engagement, and productivity. And th those five elements are purposeful work, flexibility and work-life balance, social and supportive cultures, career development and training, wellness programs, and benefits. So Susan, leaning specifically into well-being, what role do employers play in supporting employees in this area and how are well-being and DEI connected? I love the example with your kids because as their needs evolve, you have to adapt. And it's just like an organization, right? Our employees' needs will evolve as your kids go through college. You may have a different need 
instead of getting ready for a vacation or something like that, you're going to be looking at student bills. So anyway, so I think the role that employers play in well-being is really about understanding the needs and providing those choices in those areas that you identified and programs that will be actually relevant at different points in their lives and in the life cycle of an employee. And for us, as as you know, our purpose is all about building confident futures. And that's what an employee wants to know, that he or she has a confident future, a confident future in terms of security and safety through some of your benefit programs that you identified, as well as the context in which they operate. That comes back to some of the things you identified, purposeful work, flexibility, supportive cultures. So on the raw kind of benefit side, at some time they might need financial wellness. They may need fertility benefits, child care, pet insurance, legal retirement, right? So that's the security, that foundation. But then on the other side, when they're looking at the context in which they work, they may be looking for things like affinity groups. Am I included? Do I see people like me? Can I have conversations with colleagues and understand what they're going through? They may want to have conversations on career, flexibility, meaning, purpose. So bottom line, I think it's this relevant output in the relevant context, and it all comes down to care. Are you caring for your employees? And are you listening enough to tailor to meet to their needs? And we see the DEI and well-being directly connected you know, we mentioned our employee benefit trend study is that employees who are satisfied with DEI at work are two and a half times more likely to be holistically healthy than those who are not. And that is that is a very profound statement. And if you start thinking about it, bottom line, if if you feel distracted, you feel tired, you feel isolated, you feel marginalized, stressed. You are not bringing your full self to work. You're not bringing your full energy to work. You're not bringing your full potential to work. And that's what we want to uncover. We want to make sure that we are treating every employee as an individual, meeting their needs, bringing out the best of who they are so that they can deliver for our customers, for all their shareholders. But more importantly, they can have meaning and they can feel that they're flourishing. I just love that. I love that concept of boiling it down to care. For me personally, I want to be loved. I want to be thought of, right? And I want to be heard, right? And and if we can continue to provide programs that meet the employee to where, where they're at in their current life right now, those employees are going to feel like they are cared for. And I, I've always just thought this, and our, our study shows this, you know, a happy, healthy employee is a loyal employee. And that loyalty turns into greater productivity because like you said, you know, we're trying to eliminate those distractions for them. Right. And so I appreciate those those comments. Now, we are seeing that the majority of employers have started to invest substantially in DEI across all elements of the employee experience. And I think this is just fantastic. Now, when we mix all those elements up in the pot, wellness programs, benefits, and then how we even communicate those benefits, how do they all fit into the employer's DEI strategy? We often make mistakes here. So I'll just be really candid here because I do think that sometimes we offer a benefit to our employees and we say, we have it, they will come or they will understand it or they will value it. It's not true. Just having the benefit in itself and it's blanketed and it's mass communicated to everybody, that is having the offering itself is necessary, but it's not sufficient. 
And I think as we look at the offerings, we have to first understand what you mentioned. What are the needs? What are the right programs at the right time for that person? And then communicate that to the individual, not blanket, but how is that going to create value for that individual? So I think you have to, for the offerings, you have to follow trends to get signals into what types of benefits will be most relevant to my employee population. And then second is connect to the individual to make those relevant. And I fundamentally believe that education, communication is that differentiator. And given the value and the investment that we put into our benefit programs, often much of that value is left on the table just because employees don't understand it. It's not communicated in their language or it's not even meeting anywhere near the needs that they need to fulfill. And so it's really about the individuals. Are we delivering for what that individual needs? Does that individual find value for it? And then secondarily, not only just having the offering, the communication education, but then what's the data? Are people participating in those programs? Are they finding value within those programs? If they are not and you're getting feedback, then you know you have to adjust. Yeah, I love that too. And you're right. The communication is so key because sometimes you need to hear from people like, oh, I didn't even know that we were doing that or I didn't know where to find that. And then, you know, and I love that feedback, by the way, because it gives you opportunity to want to talk about what we're doing and also, you know, to steer people in, in the right direction or to revamp our communication strategy as well. Let's stay close to home here at MetLife a little bit. So which DE&I initiatives have proven most impactful here at, at MetLife? The ones that have, I think, have the most impact first is that are aligned to our purpose, which is a beautiful, since we're all about building confident futures, benefits, financial security, health, all fit into that swim lane. Second, ones that are grounded in our 2030 DEI strategy, we've been overt, we have it on our website, we identify our goals. And then third, I think the ones that actually are most impactful are the ones that push us, push us to be better as an organization, push us to be better as teams, push us to be better as individuals. So there's a couple in terms of an organization. There's one external and internal. We have this program called Advance, which is external. It's an external roundtable of experts in racial equity. And we meet with them. They're from academia, philanthropy, business, and they counsel us to see opportunity. And what are these strategies that we can do to increase equity in our workplaces and in our business? That's one externally, which is, it's always such a rich, rich conversation. And this is directly with our CEO. The next one is our inclusion networks. A lot of companies have inclusion networks and they help accelerate inclusion, diversity of perspective. And within the organization, we have nine different inclusion networks. And what I love about our inclusion networks is they hold up a mirror to us all the time. They give us feedback. This is what's working. This is what's not working. And they push us to be better as an organization, which I love. And then better as teams, we have something called Endeavor, which this is, we know that the business, how we operate more in agile teams and cross-functional units, this is different. Before you got comfortable with people that worked in your vertical, now we're coming together really fast across organizations to meet together to have business solutions. So we found that we needed to have a mechanism to facilitate greater trust inclusion, and a collaboration. So that accelerates productivity. So how do you have those inclusive behaviors? 
And then two, at an individual level, we have something called Accelerate, which is a talent sponsorship program. And this is targeted development for diverse talent. And we've had incredible results in terms of retention, mobility. Their favorite part of this program universally is the coaching that goes with this. And why do they like the coaching? Because it's personalized. It's relevant. It meets their needs and it's a safe space. And then the last place is for an individual level. How do we get better as individuals is we have something which is a talent marketplace called MyPath. And it's basically gig opportunities internally into the organization. So we've had over 3,000 Employees go to different gigs across the organization and work with people that they would have never had an opportunity to work with before and build skills that they hadn't had an opportunity to work with in different groups. Wow. Look at all the things that we're doing. And I can tell you it, it's making an impact, right? Because, you know, there's, you know, my leadership team and, um, and all of the folks that, that are, that are in our, in our regional business sales team, they do feel more connected as a company. And, they also feel this this sense of belonging and togetherness and collaboration, and I love all the, the programs that we that we have in place. A big piece of, of success, though, is around making sure that our people leaders are aligned. Right, they play a critical role in the overall employee experience. If you could talk a little bit about some of the ways MetLife has helped people leaders on our DE and I journey to help them better support employees. Yeah, sure. And Marcus, just thank you for saying that you and your colleagues feel that sense of connectedness and that sense of belonging. I mean, that is music to my ears. The team knows that I always look at three Uber goals every year, and I've been here for five and a half years. And one of the three Uber goals has always been DEI. And my whole purpose is to give every single employee voice and every single employee to feel connected and valued in this organization. But anyway, so let's talk about people leaders. That was where your question was and how we're supporting people leaders. Um, for it's, it's pretty simple. It's about education, expectation, and support. And so education, we have inclusive leadership training. We have, we had this, our CEO was the one who said, listen, this is going to be a mandatory training for all 6,000 people leaders across MetLife. And it was part of a learning journey and leadership um, program that we had, but a specific module on inclusive leadership. And even in that inclusive leadership, it talked about concepts of empathy concepts of care. So that is foundational to who we are and how we want to lead. Expectations, it's part of our leadership expectations that we have. And we have in our performance system, we have a weighting of the what and the how at 50-50. And that leadership capabilities and competencies is part of that 50% weighting. So it's the expectation in their evaluation of those leadership behaviors. And then the support, we don't just, just leave them and say, okay, you guys go do. We do have ongoing support. We have things for skill building. We have things called Inclusion Tuesdays where Cindy Pace, Dr. Cindy Pace comes on and talks to experts. And we've had programs in terms of how do you, how do you spot mental health with your employees in the organization with our EAP provider? We've, we talk about courageous conversations. How do you have them? Let's role play together. Um, and then we have just ongoing peer support groups so that leaders can talk to each other. And what are some of the scenarios 
that he or she are facing. So again, we surround it with education, expectation, and support, but it's all grounded with empathy and care. That's fantastic. I love that we don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk here uh, at, at MetLife, and I'm, and I'm sure many of our, our listeners and their organizations, that that's where they're at as well. Um, with an increasingly empowered workforce, more attuned to DEI challenges, employers, they do need to back up their commitments with meaningful action, right? So Susan, what's your view on the importance of, of such actions starting at the top? It's fundamental. I don't think you can move forward in a meaningful way if you don't have that support. I think if you don't have it, there's a lot of work that you can be done grassroots, but having that support at top, that's your accelerator. And I am so privileged to work with the CEO, Michelle Halaf, um, our board of directors, leadership team, where the tone at the top is very clear and the tone at the top is very compelling. And so when actions start at the top, the accountability becomes clear. And what it does is it helps align the rest of the organization to what is important and what is expected in the organization. And so you have the tone. However, the tone at the top is, again, it it's needs to be there, but we also have to augment that with acumen and capability to execute against that and set the culture to bring out the best of every employee. So at Life, we actually see, yes, we need the tone at the top, but we also need leaders at all levels to be the multipliers of that message. And especially the mid-level leaders, we double down on that level within the organization, because if you look at their span of control and how many employees they touch and, and across the organization, that's where the vast number of employees sit in under that direction of that leadership. And so that's where I think at that middle level too, that's where you see that authenticity to the commitment. You say walk the walk, talk the talk, the way that we often talk about it is, is there a say, do, gap? Do I see people talking and, but I don't see the follow-up through that action. And if you don't follow, you will create that say, do gap. You lose credibility. If you lose credibility, you lose trust. If you lose trust, you lose the foundation of what DEI is all about. And if you lose that, then you have lost the opportunity to bring out the best of your employees, innovate and differentiate who you are as an organization and let your employees differentiating who they are. I'm a big believer that, you know, learning from our past is one of the best ways uh, and teachers for our future success. So in what ways can we look back um, and best learn from our past E&I endeavors in order to plan for the future? So again, I think in the past, I think everybody looked to HR. HR, what are you going to do? And it was, you go in a corner, HR goes and says, okay, this is the solution. This is the program. We're going to roll it out. And it's just, it's just not the way of the world anymore. So I would say, listen and co-create with your employees. Be at the front line with your employees with their thinking. And because it will open up your aperture, include their voice in your journey. And what will come out of that will resonate and will be relevant for those employees. And so I think bottom line, it's, it's DI is not about a program. It needs to be in the very fabric of everything that you do in your organization, integrated into your workflows, integrated into your culture, integrated into your conversation, your talent ecosystem, 
and ultimately integrated into the outcomes of your business and your business solutions and what you offer your customers. I love it. I love it. I mean, this is just about who we are, right? This should be, you know, like you said, it should be a fabric of, of who we are and, and, and what we do. So Susan, we are just about out of time, but before we go, will you share a call to action for our listeners? I would say think forward and show up with humanity and curiosity to learn because the world is changing so fast. And so we must change as well. DEI, well-being, all this is all by every single interaction, day by day, action by action with managers, with peers, with teams. And it's all about individuals being cared for, included, feeling valued, feeling heard, because that's when you get energy released into a system. And listen, we're all work in progress. We're all going to learn. But if we learn together and we look at perspectives and we value each other and we value the gifts that every single individual brings to the to where they work, to this organization, we can be uh, unstoppable and we can be better together. Well, thank you so much, Susan. I am just excited for all that that we've done. I'm excited for all the focus on DNI that the corporations across the, the country and across the world are putting into DNI. And just thankful for, for you today and for all the advice and thoughts that you've shared with us as well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So that's all the time that we have today. I want to again say thank you so much to Susan for joining us today to discuss the role that diversity, equity, and inclusion plays in the modern workforce. Make sure that you subscribe to Putting Numbers to Work. And if you're enjoying the show, which I, I really hope that you are, leave us a review and tell us what you like. We'd love to hear from you. Again, I'm Marcus Smallwood, and this has been Putting Numbers to Work presented by MetLife.